Hello, friends. This episode is brought to you by Into the Deep. Parents, if you want your children to know about Jesus and also to know Him, you'll want to check out Into the Deep. They create catechetical resources that help Catholic parents build a legacy of faith in their homes. Into the Deep hands on the fullness of faith through beauty. They teach from classic art, music, poetry, nature study, copywork, and story. This catechesis is patterned after the Charlotte Mason and classical education approaches, which mirror how the church is catechized throughout the ages. Into the Deep seeks to steep children in scripture and the sacramental life. No watering down here. These resources are rich in theology. Most importantly, these resources give our kids an opportunity to encounter the person of Jesus Christ, the one who will change their lives. Into the Deep is passionate about parents as the primary catechist, and their goal is to support you in your mission to make disciples. These resources are perfect for homeschooling families, but are also used widely by traditional schooling families as their touch point for faith formation at home. You can find a variety of beautiful religious education resources at Into the Deep, including full-year curricula, unit studies, story cards, and picture studies. I have looked over their resources, and they truly are beautiful. I love their collection of apostles and their callings, which have images, descriptions of the apostles. It's just really beautiful. You can find these and many free resources at intothedeep.co. That's intothedeep.co. Oh, use the code ABIDE10 for 10% off your purchase. Don't be afraid. It's time to let down your nets for a catch. God bless. Well, hello, dear friends, and welcome to season 12 of the Abiding Together podcast. We are so excited to be back with you for another season. Abiding Together is a place where you can find connection, rest, and encouragement on your journey with Jesus Christ. And we have people from all over the world on this walk together, and you are most, most welcome. My name is Sister Miriam James, and every week I'm joined by two of my very dearest friends, Michelle Benzinger and Heather Kim, and we speak about what the Lord is doing in our life, the movements of the Holy Spirit, what is breaking our hearts, what is healing us, and where the Lord is leading us to deeper relationship with Him. So wherever you find yourself today, wherever that is, you are most welcome. So grab a cup of coffee, settle in, and welcome home. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of the Abiding Together podcast. And once again, happy Easter, because we really just started. <laughs> I feel like we need, we need a bigger acknowledgement of that. Yeah, It's true, because <laughs> mm-hmm. it's not one day. I mean, most people think it's one day or it's just an octave. It's not just an octave, it's a whole season, which is incredible. So we still get to gather the graces. And Heather, you're in a special place right now. We're recording in, I think, well, two different times. I was going to say almost three different time zones. Mm-hmm. But where are you at, girl? Tell everybody what you did for Easter. So we are here at Franciscan University in Steubenville, Ohio, because two of our children are here. So we came here as a family to celebrate together. And it has just been so beautiful. They do liturgy so well. It's just so beautiful, such a good balance. And honestly, it was a yeah, just a stunning Easter vigil. The momentum of the whole liturgy, like just how they built the Psalms, it was like two voices, then three voices, then more instruments. And so you could just feel like the momentum gathering to the crescendo of the the Gloria. So it was just wonderful to celebrate with this community and Right now, I'm recording in Father Dave and Dr. Bob Rice's studio, The Day That Hope podcast. So I'm sitting (laughs) in their chairs right now, wondering what kind of pranks I can pull before I leave. (laughs) Is is it Dr. Bob or is it Deacon Dr. Bob or like what's Deacon Dr. Bob? I don't know. I was wondering too. So I mean, how many things does he need to put in front of his name, Bob? Like, really, we need to know this. Like, you have a lot of titles in front of your name here, my friend. It's true. Lots of letters. Lots of letters. Lots of things going on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
How was your Easter, Michelle? I got to see your son, Sam, who was up here. And of course, Luke, who's here. Yeah. How, how was your Easter? Our Easter was different. We had four of our kids gone, which was such a weird feeling to only have be down to two children. I bet. I didn't love that all my kids were not home for Easter, but I did love the Easter celebration, just the two youngest ones. And we went out to brunch, which we would never do, like ever. When you have a big family, you don't go out for dinner or brunch or anything like that. And so... <laughs> That's so funny because when your two boys were here. I said, I said, you know, your family's going to be going out for a lot of meals while you guys are. Yep. <laughs> totally. Totally. And um, it was just good. It was beautiful. I liked the tritium. It was just, yeah, it was a good Easter. Simple, different, but good nonetheless. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. sister, how about you? How was mm -hmm. your Easter? It was very beautiful. It was just very quiet. The truth was very, very quiet. And I was telling the two of you before that it was like torrential downpour, like Southern Full on thunder, rain, lightning. I mean, just pouring rain for most of Good Friday. So it was just nice to, after we got back from the veneration of the cross, just to come home and curl up with a good book. I read Jesus of Nazareth, Pope Benedict's Reflection on Holy Week, which was really, really mm. good. And it's just so dense. And it just, I was like, you got a candle and a cup of tea. And I'm like, I'm just, I'm happy. <laughs> You're just sitting in the now. total silence. Yeah. yeah. Sitting in the total silence. And then uh, for Easter, we all got together as this whole community here in South Texas, which was really lovely. So it's always great to see everybody and just sample a bit of all the the different gifts people have in cooking and baking, which I'm very happy to be the recipient of. Can I just say that? So <laughs> there you go. There Expert you go. sampler. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, yeah, we thought we would chat about the homily from Pope Francis on Easter Vigil, which is really easy to find on the internet. We'll include a link to it in the show notes, but just a really beautiful address of what happens when the women come to the tomb. So that particular, he's going to talk about the Gospel of Matthew uh, chapter 28. But we want to talk uh, also just to use our guiding scripture from the Song of Songs, which is chapter 3, verse 4, which you're going to understand why we're using this, but which says, I have found the one whom my soul loves. I have found the one whom my soul loves. And Pope Francis says this in the homily. He says, let us return to Galilee, to the Galilee of first love. Let each of us return to his or her own Galilee, to the place where we first encountered him. Let us rise to new life. And this short homily, which I think if you read it, you're going to love it, is chock full of so many wonderful jewels. So Michelle, do you want to, you want to kick us off with a couple of them? Yeah. When I came across this, my husband read it the day after on Easter Sunday, and he said, you really need to look at this from Pope Francis. And I was like, oh, okay. And then I started reading. I'm like, holy smokes, this is beautiful. This is amazing. Mm -hmm. And Pope Francis mm -hmm. starts us off just talking about the women coming to the tomb and how they make their way over to the tomb and that they're bewildered and they're dismayed and their hearts are overwhelmed. But and he says, because they took away their beloved. And I just love that he even references at the very beginning, like it, it is dawn. You know, the night is drawing to a close. The darkness is coming to an end. And that it's like dawn, like there's a new light coming. And they had retraced their steps. And I even love how he said they retraced their steps because they had taken these steps to place him in the tomb. And they're coming back and retracing their steps, but it's not darkness anymore. It's light and everything has settled. And then they are bewildered and amazed because the one that they have loved is not there. And then they run back to the other disciples, you know, and tell them of the good news. But I love how he says it at the very beginning that these women experienced Easter as a posk, a passage, a journey, like that he, Pope Francis references is like, our faith walk is a pilgrimage. It's a journey. It is not just like this. And we all, we've talked about this before on the podcast, but, and I, 
always still make this mistake or often make this mistake is where I think that there's a finish line to my faith journey. When this happens, when this happens, that there's a completion, like, you know, like that I get like a gold medal. Here you go. You've done this part. You completed this race, you know, this leg of the race. And it's not, it's a pilgrimage all the way to heaven. And it was beautiful just talking about this pilgrimage of resurrection. I, I, this actually is quite short. So if anybody's feeling like, uh, sometimes the things a Pope's rights are too long and I don't understand. It's so easy to understand and it's Mm -hmm. short, but what was in here was so beautiful. I was like, gosh, it was so good. I think some of what I was thinking about was, you know how when you're formed in ministry, sometimes they'll teach you like how to give a testimony, you know? And when I was younger, they would teach us how to give a three minute testimony. And it's like, share about the, like the most impactful time that God has, you've encountered God and then a big change occurred, you know, some kind of conversion occurred and what happened after. And And I've come to realize, like at first I just thought there was one story. And I've come to realize that there should be these continual stories because the encounter with Jesus should be constant, Mm -hmm. you know, where I'm encountering him not just in one major area of my life or one year of my life or a season of my life, but that there's different places to encounter him. And Pope Francis here at the beginning is just talking about when we sort of put that into the past, our encounter with Christ as like a moment that happens into the past, that it's so easy to be overwhelmed with disappointment and sorrow. And then all we're doing is experiencing like the horrible things that that are in the world and how difficult that can be. And I love that he says like, it's easy to yield to the disillusionment Mm -hmm. that the wellspring of hope has dried up. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's just so true. Like if I'm not keeping my encounter with Christ at the center of everything that happens in my day, it's so easy to just be swept away by disillusionment. And he said, and it's like you're standing at a row of tombs, just seeing all of the death and the darkness and the and the sorrow. And I just, yeah, that was that was the initially what struck me as just a beautiful reflection. Well, I, I it just reminded me so much of really our our book that we walked through for Lent with Bob, and especially at the end when he, ta- you know, the anointing of the sick, when he talks about how it heals the wound of hopelessness, because it's a, a promise of eternal life. It's a promise of Christ raising us from the dead. And I just thinking of as the women come to the tomb in the morning, like he, Pope Francis in the second paragraph there, he says, the gospel tells us that the women went to see the tomb. Like they think that they will find Jesus in the place of death and that everything is over forever. And I was just thinking of our are just our expectations a lot of times we have that are often unuttered, that there are these kind of unspoken expectations that we have. And we kind of go through life with uh, with with these expectations and are these kind of agreements that we make. And he, and he goes on to say, like you're saying, Heather, that, you know, our life is consists mostly of sealed tombs, tombs of disappointment and bitterness, of the dismay of thinking that nothing more can be done. Things will never change. Better to live for today. And since there's no certainty about tomorrow, and I was like, oh, don't we, don't we know those places of our own life where we had these expectations because this is what happened before, or this is what I'm looking for. And so many times the very thing I'm looking for is the very thing I'm going to find. But Christ, and, and this is not a platitudinous thing, or it's just the Christ always is in surprising us and not in a scary clown way, <laughs> but it's like surprising us and, and with beautiful things and often when we least expect it, which I think is so clever of him. It's just so beautiful. Mm. Mm-hmm. And I think it's also in that second paragraph, and like Heather said to reiterate, this letter from Pope Francis is homily. It's like eight or nine paragraphs long. It is not a lengthy mm-hmm. thing to read for you all. But when the empty tombs, the stone has been rolled away. 
You know, like how much do we hear that in the Easter liturgy? The stone has been rolled away, but that we are thinking that these stones are still closed up. These tombs are still closed up Mm -hmm. and they are not, they are open. Like, and you have to think like, I'm thinking about like, oh my gosh, if it was closed, then it's like stenchy and gross and there's no clean air. But if it's open, then their light comes in and clean air can come in. And I was thinking about it when I was at mass yesterday for Easter Sunday, and I was thinking about the burial cloths were laid there. And I was thinking to myself, all right, where am I still dressing myself in burial cloths when those should be laying in a dead tomb? Like, where am I? You know, the Lord has clothed me with righteousness. The Lord has clothed me with his power and his presence. And then I'm still wearing burial cloths, you know, and I'm like, get those nasty clothes off and get you a new outfit, girl. You know, like, let's move. (laughs) Just really, since we did Bob's book and really reflecting on this, what does it mean to live in resurrection power? And we all know that life will not be perfect on the side of heaven, but it can be powerful and things can be redeemed. And where have I come into agreement with like what Pope Francis says, things will never change. Mm-hmm. Or he goes on into the third paragraph talking about you feel weary about the daily routine of life, the monotony of the, just like the day in and day out, you know, and the Lord wants to break through that too. And every single moment he wants to come back and remind us, I'm here. I love you. I'm present. Get out of your burial cloths. Let your morning turn into dancing. There's something new for you here. Yeah, I, I love where he says sometimes we can stand there before this row of tombs filled with sorrow and regret, alone and powerless, repeating the question, why? Mm-hmm. There's a chain of why. And I was like, oh, isn't that all of us? We have places where we we can just continue to look at things in our life, things that may be shattered and are painful. And we're just saying, why? God, why? And there's something in there that is like, one, speaking of our pain, but also it does speak of a hopelessness that's there. Mm-hmm. And he's saying they didn't stand, the women at Easter, they didn't stand frozen before the tomb, you know, with these questions of why. And sister, do you remember Father Justin Brady sometimes has talked about this, how Our Lady, when the angel came to her, she didn't say why, but she said mm-hmm. how. Mm-hmm. And that's like mm-hmm. such, a, there's mm-hmm. still questions, you know, she's still like able to express like fear or like all of the different emotions that she might be having, but it was like how, and I love that switch. It's like a subtle shift to just say, well, Lord, like, let's just acknowledge some things or just wreckage here, but how yeah. are you going to redeem and restore? How are you going to resurrect these things? How are you going to heal my heart and restore all these things to, and to bring good out of all the brokenness? Because that's what you do and that's who you are. So I just love that Jesus just is the fullness of all things and how it just continually shatters our expectations. Like we're saying, like these un, you know, spoken expectations a lot of times of who God is and who he's calling us to be. And Jesus isn't trying to tell us not to lament or to sorrow or to grieve or to pretend we don't have tombs in our life. But that Mm -hmm. in those very places that we all have that we can admit to. I was just listening to a really great podcast by Adam Young. His podcast, The Place We Find Ourselves, but it was an episode on how to heal from sorrow and grief. And he was saying, even about the naming of disappointments, he said, in the places of our life where we weren't loved the way we should have been loved, Mm -hmm. where we didn't get the nurturing we needed, where we didn't get the attunement we needed, where people weren't faithful, where, you know, he's talked about disappointment is means to miss an appointment where somebody should have been there for you. Or something that you were hoping to happen didn't happen. And there's a disappointment. And many times we try to gloss over that. And I I just, I know in my own journey of recovery, being able to name disappointment without having to numb it or try to indulge something else to escape from it was so paramount in my own healing, which still is. And I just think those, 
those disappointments are sometimes so difficult for us as adults to name and to really allow ourselves to feel them. Like you're saying, Heather, there's wreckage here. There are things that didn't happen. There were, there were missed appointments. There were places of real sorrow, of real death, of real grief that we can, with Christ, lament in and to cry out to him. And in that, he's doing something about it, that God does something about it. And it's so gorgeous. It's just so beautiful. So beautiful. And I think it's beautiful when he talks about the, the Pope Francis, the two things. On the other hand, to leave the enclosure of the upper room and go to the land of Galilee. And he says, to come forth from hiding and then to open themselves up to mission, to leave fear behind and to set out for the future. And what really struck me in that is to come forth from hiding. Like that part was it like, Lord, where am I still hiding? Like, where is this fear? Keep me in bondage where I'm hiding from you, where I'm back in the Garden of Eden and I'm hiding. And the Lord's saying, where are you? But I was thinking about that when I'm hiding because I don't believe he's there in the future. Are there something about it where I don't believe that there's some kind of lie that I believe in the hiding where I won't go forth or I won't move, you know, when I'm frozen, like it's because I'm usually when you freeze, like even like your fight Mm -hmm. or flight response, you freeze is because there's something fearful, like because your body literally won't move mm-hmm. and your nervous system is shut down. So where is it, Lord, that I have like agreed with fear where I know that your presence is calling me to move in love and safety and security and being known. And like you were saying, Sister Miriam, like that there's freedom to be able to name these disappointments and the Lord doesn't shame you there. Mm-hmm. The Lord wants you actually, mm-hmm. I mean, I think he's the God of questions. That's how he always is. Like, what do you want? Do you want to be well? Who do you say that I am? I mean, he's the God of questions. That's who he is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he wants a dialogue mm-hmm. here. He wants us to bring those disappointments. He already knows them, but he wants us to voice them to him because it's in that naming that it almost the numbing goes away. In our lives. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And the naming, the numbing goes away. And that's where resurrection begins. The journey of resurrection begins. Mm -hmm. That's so good. Yeah. I I love when he's talking about remembering, Mm -hmm. you know, going back to remember. And this is part of the scripture, you know, where it says, I found the one that my my soul loves. And he's talking about this initial encounter that we've had with God and and to not forget that, to go back to that place of initial love. And this is something that we read about in the Psalms all the time where the psalmists are like, remember, oh, my soul. And it's like calming, calling to mind, like the good things that God has done or who he is or our encounters with him. And that was the experience that we had at the Easter vigil in a very profound way. It, it always is. But this year in particular, our entire family commented on this, that going through the seven scriptures, the seven Psalms, and seeing the progression of like how God has moved through history to reveal himself and then to come and and offer his life for us and to take our place and to make a way for heaven. And just like all of the remembering that we did in yes. that mm-hmm. three, almost four hours of the liturgy mm-hmm. that we had, it was so stunning. Like there wasn't one part for any of us and my kids are at different ages. Nobody felt bored. Nobody was like zoning out. It was like, oh, whoa, like I'm hearing this in a different way. And it was igniting something different in each of our hearts. And I just think there's something powerful about that remembering. That It's not a remembering of like that was only then and it's gone now, but it's a remembering to remind ourselves this is who God is still. This is who Mm -hmm. he is now. This is the work Mm -hmm. that he's about always. It's not just one time. He's always about this work in our hearts. So I just have loved that over the last several days, the meditating and uh, the remembering, 
which is calling me deeper into my own heart. And we had this worship night last night, just a few people in the chapel and um, some of the young worship leaders here are just so, gosh, so, so good. And we were just singing and praising God. There was nothing about us. It was just praising him for Mm. his kingship, his glory, that he's the risen one. He's the holy one. It was just to honor him for who he was. And then at one point in the night, it just kind of shifted. And I felt like the Lord was saying, those things are all true, but there's a reason why I did all of this. Mm-hmm. It's for you and me, mm-hmm. because I want union between you and me. It was all about removing every stumbling block so that I could heal and restore our union. And then it went to this such an intimate place where I just found myself on a crumpled mess on the floor, like mm-hmm. weeping, just singing love songs to Jesus. And I was like, this is what remembering leads us mm-hmm. to. Again, and yep, I, I can stand there and say, yep, there's a lot of wreckage, you know, that I can see over the years. But when I recall who he is, you can't help but just like fall into the love of his arms, you know? So beautiful. Oh, Heather, that's, I just want to, well, I just want to stop for a second, just honor what you just shared with us, because that's very, that's very intimate and that's very mm-hmm. vulnerable. That's very vulnerable and that's very tender. And I think very few of us really could articulate what you just did. So I just want to. Yeah, I just I just don't want to pass over that because that's that's beautiful and that that's yeah like that's you and the Lord and that's the the story of every human person that's the Israelites crossing the Red Sea it's it's yeah like you said it's not just the stories that happened a long time ago this is this is this is our faith like this is Christ this is who God is and that you know sometimes we can't always articulate it that way and maybe even for some of us listening right now or if you know if you read the gospel and you Pope Francis is inviting us to remember that first time when we encountered the Lord I mean for some of us we're like I don't remember or maybe Mm -hmm. for some of us it's like I don't I've never encountered the Lord what are you talking about like I've never I don't even know Mm -hmm. what that is and I think if we have a hard time naming those places or even recalling them or experiencing them again, or maybe we don't even have a recollection of that. I, I think all of us in our life could just turn to the Lord and just ask the Lord to, to bring to mind a time we felt loved mm-hmm. or a time we were immersed in beauty or even a small thing as like a pet that used to welcome you home after school every day. It just, it just the small, God is so gracious mm-hmm. in how he reveals his love for us. And if we have eyes to hear or eyes to see and ears to hear, we, we can always maybe intuit something. And it might be even scary to name that, to even name a moment we felt loved. But that there's a there's a grace in that. There's a beauty in that. Because in all that is good, true, and beautiful, if, if it's true, good, true, or beautiful, it belongs to the Lord. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a revelation of who He is. And He's just so gracious in how He shares that with us. Which I think Pope Francis puts it all to words, like Heather, what you were sharing with us in experience. It says, remember that powerful experience of the Spirit, the great joy of forgiveness experienced after that one confession, the intense and unforgettable moment of prayer, that light that was kindled within you and changed your life, that encounter, that pilgrimage. Each of us has known the place of his or her interior resurrection, the beginning and foundation, mm. the place where things change. But I love that word, that interior resurrection that happens to has to happen within our hearts before it can go out to the world before we can go into mission it is that interior resurrection that has to take place and and I love what sister was saying where it's the Lord is wooing us I mean he is a lover first and foremost mm-hmm. so he woos us with the, beauty and truth and goodness, like 
that's who his character is, and that is who he is. You know, and so just the ways that he is faithful. And um, this past Easter week, I was just really praying, and the Lord, uh, I felt like he was inspiring me, the Holy Spirit, to pick up Magician's Nephew by C.S. Lewis. And I was like, mm-hmm. okay, like as the very first, well, it depends who you ask. That's the very first book in the Chronicles of Narnia series. And so I was like, why do I need to pick it up? And then later on, and I was reading it, and I read the whole thing because it's not hard read. And I was reading it, and then there was a part of it when he, you know, he tells the little boy that there's a scene between him and the little boy, and the little boy's like, can't you heal my mother? Like, please, can't you heal my mother? Like, she's dying of a sickness. And he, and I'll just read you the part I outlined. I mean, I put it on my phone notes, and it says, but please, please, won't you? Can't you give me something that will cure mother? Up till then, he had been looking at the lion's great feet and the huge claws on them. Now, in his despair, he looked up at his face. What he saw surprised him as much as anything in his whole life. For the tawny face was bent down near his own, and wonder of wonders, great shining tears stood in the lion's eyes. They were such big, bright tears compared with his own, that for a moment, he felt as if the lion must really be sorrier about his mother than he was himself. My son, my son, said Aslan, I know grief is great. Only you and I in this land know that yet. Let us be good to one another. And I, it was just such a beautiful moment. And I just got some hard news on Good Friday about, you know, just different things in my extended, I mean, my family of origin. And the Lord reminded me of that part like that part in The Magician's Nephew. And he said, it grieves me more. Like it makes me tear up just as much as it grieves you, if not more, because this is not Mm -hmm. who I designed this other person to be. And knowing that they chose this would have this effect of hurt. And just even like coming back to that, like knowing that I have a father and a savior, that it hurts him when I'm hurt. You know, like sister was saying earlier, when we come to him with our disappointment, he already knows, but he wants to be that father present in that disappointment and that he cries tears also over things that broken our hearts. Like it breaks his heart also, but he is the God of redemption. He's the God of interior resurrections and resurrections, and he's the God of good news. And sometimes I forget that the gospel is good news. Yeah. And hopelessness. And sorrow mm-hmm. is not the end yes. of his story. Mm-hmm. It's a part of the story. Amen. It's not the end of the story. And I think that is the places where I, myself, all of us need to welcome the hope and the, this wind of God, like to breathe mm. in life into all of these places in our hearts where we've resigned ourselves to like, uh, like that thing that you were saying earlier that Pope Francis said, you know, this is how it's always going to be. That's just wrong. You can see the enemy's fingerprints all over that lie. Yep, this is how it's going to be for the rest of your life. And this will always be a place of hopelessness, sorrow, darkness, you know, whatever it might be. And Christ is standing in all of his power saying, absolutely not. Mm-hmm. This Amen. is why I came. This is what I did. I've made a way through the sorrow to something glorious on the other end. And so I'm sitting in this space and they have this big poster that says, they that hope, you know, <laughs> like, yes. <laughs> Yes and amen. <laughs> like, let's be yeah. people that that have hope. And that's not just something trite to say, but I think a mm-hmm. gift that we can ask God for that he would pour out into our hearts. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's something this week as we as we kind of go from here of, of 
you know, as we spend time in this Easter season recounting, maybe it is naming some disappointments or really finally naming some griefs and some sorrows and letting ourselves feel that, naming some tombs in our life. And then that also reliving the memory of encounter with Christ, mm-hmm. um, a time of, that you experience the Lord, a time of beauty, something like that. And I just, I think if we can allow the Lord to raise some of those to the surface, even if we find them scary within us, if it, maybe it's scary to name one or the other or both, uh, but letting the Lord help us name both of those so then he can speak to us the truth of those things and he can reveal the truth of who we are and who he is and he's showing us the way like we say christ is teaching us what it means to be human he teaches us what it means to be to be fully fully alive and so that might be something this week that we want to take to heart in our prayer time of really allowing the lord to bring some of those things to the surface and both joy and sorrow right so that he can be lord of all of it and he can speak the truth like aslan speaks he can speak the truth heart to heart yeah, amen. amen amen all right well dear friends shall we offer our one things for the week michelle you want to share with everybody what is your one thing this easter season My one thing, well, I have two one things. Let's be real. Okay, so my one thing is a book by my good friend, Jimmy Mitchell, which is so funny because I actually had him Mm. as one of my summer missionaries at Cove Crest. So all these people that are now in their mid to late 30s, um, I still think of as as 22-year-old kids, but that's okay. He's not a kid. He's a grown man, and he's doing amazing work for the church. But he has a, a book called Let Beauty Speak, The Art of Being Human in a Culture of Noise. And Jimmy and I totally connect on. It is all about beauty and truth and goodness and living fully as the human person. And it's by Ignatius Press. And it is amazing. Like I have, he has some of my favorite quotes in it and all the different things, but I've totally outlined my copy of it. It looks really well loved and I've only had it for a couple of days. So I'm really excited about Mm. that book and I'll put it in the show notes. And also I have to just give a shout out to the TUR sisters, Sister Bridget and Sister Rita Claire. They came and stayed with me at a vocation rally where I was in Pensacola and they came and spent the night with me and they were just lovely. I just loved both of those TUR Mm. sisters and just the whole gang at Florida State Catholic student union, Father uh, Tim, Father Luke, the Brothers of Hope, and the two our sisters. You all are doing amazing work. And yeah, Sister Bridget and Sister Rita Claire, it was just a joy to have you at my house. So yeah. What about you, Heather? Well, I have two one things. My first one is story time with Michelle. Um, just when you were reading, <laughs> the magician's yeah. nephew, I was like, oh, please keep going. I, I just want to <laughs> I think so we good. should occasionally have story time with yeah. Michelle uh, on the podcast. That's a great idea. Um, and my second one thing is just some of the young leaders here that I've been journeying with for a little while. I'm just so impressed, so filled with hope. I just love seeing these young women living out their vocations and their just their love for Jesus has been so inspiring. So Maria Salamita, uh, Anna and Mary Brewer, um, Sister Eliana Tior, who's here, mm. and Jesse Leatherby and um, Sarah Alonji. Just so proud of them and so inspired by them. Really grateful for them. Mm. Sister, how about you? Well, I only have one one thing, y'all, and it's food. So <laughs> no, <laughs> that's it. It's all I got. Nothing too holy. Heather, you're going to especially love this. So I think everybody knows I live with somebody, a sister Megan, who's amazing. She's an amazing cook, an amazing baker. She made ham and cheese scones. Wow. With fresh ham, fresh ham and the cheese, extra sharp cheddar cheese. And it was so crispy, like underneath, like the cheese, like baked all the way down to the bottom. Y'all, I had to cut myself off. Like they're so good. So I'm going to put the recipe on the show notes for savory ham and cheese scones that were absolutely amazing. Yeah. 
Wow. I can't wait. Also, (laughs) Sister Megan may need to start a cooking show and you can be like her sous chef. Seriously, come on, Sister Megan. Come on, Sister Megan. Every every recipe that I've ever given is like mostly what she makes. So it's like, yeah, (laughs) she's great. We could totally do that. She'd love it. She'd be awesome. So anyway, dear friends, lovely to spend another week with you. And once again, happy Easter. May God shower you with every grace and blessing. Until next week, we'll be abiding together. God bless you. Have a great week. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you liked it, would you please share it with a friend and leave us a review? We encourage you to head over to our website, abidingtogetherpodcast.com, where you can find all the show notes, links to our one things, group discussion questions for each episode, and beautiful coffee mugs, t-shirts, journals, and prints in our shop. There you can also subscribe to receive our weekly email with links to each new episode and all of the content. We'd love to connect on social media and invite you to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter so you can catch inspiring reflections every day. You're also welcome to join our private Facebook group and dive deeper into discussions with our fellow listeners. If the podcast has blessed you, would you prayerfully consider financially supporting us? The Body Together podcast is only available due to the generous support of our listeners. There are significant costs associated with creating this content, such as tech support, design, website, equipment, and hired staff that we need to be able to continue offering great content. Abiding Together is a nonprofit 501c3, and all donations are tax deductible. You can make donations of any amount through the Patreon website, or you can send us a check directly if that's easier for you. If you donate $15 or more per month on our Patreon page, you become a tribe member, and you will receive bonus content every month, such as recipes, music playlists, downloadable prints, and more. You can find all the information at patreon.com slash abidingtogetherpodcast. Thank you so much, and God bless you.